It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. And this is the Election Crimes Bulletin on Flashpoints with Greg Pallast. I'm Dennis Bernstein. There are things jumping everywhere, Greg. Uh, you are honed in like yes. laser beam uh, in Atlanta. And that lady there ain't messing around. That no. is for damn sure. The district attorney there ain't taking no junk from no one. And uh, we're going to see some interesting things uh, unfolding from, uh, well, let, let's just start uh, with the new, the really the new developments, Trump's attempt to overturn, the, around Trump's attempt to overturn the uh, election. Let's talk about the, why, what does Brian Kemp's name have to do with this? Why is he suddenly in the middle? Well, very big news, and he's made him put himself in the middle. Again, uh, Fannie Willis is the district attorney of Fulton County, which is the big hunk of, of Atlanta. And she is investigating whether Trump illegally tried to um, uh, overturn the election in Georgia. And uh, she hasn't named him yet or even subpoenaed him, named him as a target. But she has named she has named uh, Lindsey Graham and others, including, you know, Rudy Giuliani. Now, Rudy Giuliani was forced to testify yesterday before her grand jury. Now, understand that the complaint against her by Trump and Kemp and everyone else is that this is political, these subpoenas, this whole investigation. Well, except that, and they keep saying, you know, Atlanta Democrat, uh, that's code word for black. She's a black woman. But all of her actions have been approved and ordered by Republican justices you know, who said, yeah, you bring in, uh, now she's subpoenaed Brian Kemp. Now, this is interesting. Brian Kemp is the governor of Georgia. He's running for re-election against Stacey Abrams. He's also the star of my film, Vigilante, Georgia's vote suppression hitman. And so why is Kemp involved? It's because here's the interesting thing. Kemp was the guy who did say he thought the election was probably correct. Understand that uh, Trump had called him several times, as well as the secretary of state, to say overturn the election. That is, don't call a special session of legislature and don't certify the results of the electoral. Uh, in other words, don't send anyone to the electoral college for Georgia. Kemp said that's against the Georgia Constitution. I have no authority to call a special session. I have no authority to overturn and decertify, decertify this election. You have to understand, it's not like Kemp doesn't love Trump. Trump endorsed him. They were hand in hand, cheek to cheek when Kemp was running for governor against Stacey Abrams. Uh, they were very close. Kemp was a massive supporter of, of Trump's re-election in Georgia. But apparently he wasn't willing to go to prison for uh, Agent Orange. Now, the question is, you know, what's going on here with the subpoena, if you want to hear about that? Well, let's let's talk about the subpoena, but just say a little mm -hmm. bit more about who Fannie Willis is and that little encounter. I mean, it, she really demonstrated when she dismissed Kemp's attorney. Kemp's attorney was saying this is a political investigation. She's not going to show up. She's, she says, not only are you not going to, you're going to show up, but I was going to give you a little extra privilege and let you come into the grand jury room. But now you're going to sit outside, man. In other words, this well, woman, and she yeah. is an expert in uh, in doing the the organ uh, the RICO statute. So she is coming right. in through that uh, organized crime door. 
Tough, yes. tough woman. It, she's very tough. In fact, a lot of uh, African-American officials think that she's way too tough. Uh, she, she goes for the handcuffs right away. But no one doubts that she knows exactly what she's doing as a prosecutor. So understand, when you're called before a grand jury, you don't get the right to a, uh, to a lawyer. If you're the target, like Giuliani was, you can keep taking the Fifth Amendment. And I imagine that he spent basically gave did nothing but um, take the Fifth Amendment because Rudy blabs too much. He would have told us all the wonderful things he said. I think his attitude changed a little bit uh, on the way in there because he knows who he's going before. Remember, he was a federal prosecutor. He knows he's facing um, hard time breaking rocks on a chain gang in Georgia, you know, and and he saw those, uh, you know, he saw HUD and those other (laughs) Other films with uh, Paul Newman. Uh, so, you know, he does. I don't think he's looking forward to that. So I'm sure he took the fifth. But again, I have to speculate because he uh, it is a uh, you know secret grand jury proceedings. In addition, you don't get it. Like I said, you don't get a lawyer. But Kemp was claiming executive privilege as governor. Uh, what you know, but that's uh, kind of like monarchic privilege. I'm too important as governor of Georgia to answer questions about a crime in which I'm a witness. And as Fannie Willis, the prosecutor, said to the court and said to his lawyer, he is merely a witness. What is the problem here? Well, of course, it raises real questions because she not only was going to let his lawyer hold his hand, she was going to allow him to actually just do a remote, you know, go on the kind of a closed Skype system the court has, give the grand jury 20 minutes, say what happened on the phone calls with, with Trump, and, you know, on your way, sir. In fact, they never made it public. It was Brian Kemp who made it public that he was being called in. Now, who the heck is going to announce that they've been called before a grand jury? But he did. He made it public and then said, oh, she's doing this politically to harm me. Well, wait, she kept it completely silent. The other thing is she was going to let him have a lawyer just go come in by, uh, you know, by remote. No, no, no. He kept dragging his feet until now he's in the middle of his campaign for reelection. He says, ah, she is um, forcing me to. Take time out of my campaign when it's at its crescendo. That's the word that these the crescendo of his campaign. Well, this is brand new. I've heard of diplomatic immunity. I've heard of of executive privilege. I've never heard of I'm on a campaign privilege to be a witness in a criminal case. I don't think you and I could do that, Dennis. Oh, what kind of business? You know, we've got the election crimes bulletin tonight. Sorry, we can't show up in court. Yeah, that I. <laughs> I think that the judge is. Uh, I think the judge will uh, have to hide his uh, laughter. <laughs> He's going to have to turn around from uh, in laughing Kemp out of court. But the question is why? Why in the world, when a guy had basically a free ride, you can have your lawyer, you can call it in. What's the problem? And I think the problem is he knows that if he has to talk, and he also wanted to control. What, he wanted to know all the questions in advance and control the scope of it. They said you can't do that. What what are you talking about? That cannot be done. You're an officer of the court, she told this lawyer, and you keep saying this is political. You're going to end up in – he's going to end up with sanctions. Believe me. You don't play games like this and with a grand jury. And what I think is going on here is I want to know – I want to know as a journalist who's been hunting down Brian Kemp for now nine years since he was the uh, renegade secretary of state of Georgia, really America's vote suppressor-in-chief with his really close friend, Chris Kobach of Kansas. What were on those calls with Trump? I suspect that while the, the big public stories that he said, nah, I'm not going to overturn the election, he was probably spending a lot of time trying to figure out how he could actually, in fact, overturn the election. That's one. And the second thing is that 
you know, he signed a bill right after the election, a month after that, uh, after the um, the January 5 riot. He signed this bill, SB 202, which basically sets up to give him the power to do exactly what Trump wants. I was just talking to Helen Butler. She's considered Miss Vote in um, in Georgia. She's head of Reverend Lowry's former organization, uh, excuse me, late Reverend Lowry's current organization for voting rights. She was also because of her expertise in voting on the Morgan County Board of Elections. And the first thing Kemp did after that law was passed was remove her. He's removed 10 members of local boards of election. I, I asked her what's going on here for my film. I want to get on camera. Well, why is why did Kemp remove you immediately as soon as he had the power? She said, because Trump called and said, we, you have to decertify the election. And the only way to do that in Georgia, Kemp can't do it. Kemp has to get local boards of election to um, not certify, refuse to certify their county's vote. So if he can pressure boards of election to decertify in 2024, he can hand Trump what he wants in 2024. And I think that there may have been some discussion about what they're going to do in the future to change the law. Because I could see Kemp saying, because I, you know, I've followed him a long time, telling uh, Trump, you know, Mr. President, well, I can't do it now. It's not in the law, but I'm going to make it the law. And then when you run again in 2024, I'll make you president. I would, I think that that's if he's done that, then he's in real trouble. Not only with his reelection. So he's but worried about be, going from from witness to target. You you said right. that Graham was a target. He's not a target. He's just a witness. Excuse right? me. He's a, he's a witness. But I think that he's a witness. He's really on the he's on the unicycle going going down that circus line to become named. And I'll tell you why. Uh, as we mentioned in the last election crimes bulletin, the real crime here is putting together a slate of fake electors and mailing them to the National Archives to hand over to, to Congress, to hand over to the vice president, Mr. Pence, and say, oh, these are, the, these are the electors who were voted by the people of Georgia to represent us at the Electoral College. And these are people who, who never were on the ballot. They, were never, they never ran for Electoral College. You can't just take names out of the phone book who, who will swear that they'll vote for you for president and declare that they've been made electors by the people of, of any state. That isn't – that's uh, – that's mail fraud. It's a crime. It's racketeering, especially under under Georgia law, because it's an easier case to make under Georgia law, because under Georgia law, you don't have to have a enterprise. This is a little technical about racketeering law to, to bring a racketeering case, which I've done for the Justice Department. You have to show a, usually a years long operation of, uh, you know, an enterprise like you're the mob. But in Georgia, you don't. You can have one instance. So you, this one project of trying to jam through fake electors. That itself, that uh, combined operation, if it's Giuliani and and uh, the fake electors, Lindsey Graham and Trump, that's absolutely – that's a slam-dunk racketeering case under Georgia law. I can tell you that right now. Greg, so, you, you, you've been spending a lot of time in, in Georgia yes. doing this investigation. Yes. And obviously the, the landscape for this is the fact that there are key elections in Georgia that could change the history of this country. Oh, um, yeah. Could you talk about how this plays as a backdrop to those elections? How does this uh, sort of interweave? What impact uh, does this DA investigation have? Will it have on those crucial elections? Well, I think if Kemp 
is outed as having to try to fix the elections in Georgia. This is insulting to the people of Georgia. You have to understand that Giuliani came down to Georgia and said that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, their G-men, are a joke. Now, yes, they used to be like almost an arm of the Klan, but they've been cleaned up and they're run by real professionals. And they did an investigation of Cobb County, the absentee ballots, and whether, if you remember this whole game of mules, black people stuffing the, the ballot drop boxes, they went through every single ballot physically and determined that not one was fraudulent out of tens of thousands. And Giuliani said that was a joke. This is a big problem in Georgia. Georgians are very proud of Georgia. You have to understand that. And they're not too crazy about some guy with red stuff flowing down his face. This guy from New York telling them that they, <laughs> telling Georgians that they are a joke. Okay, so you got Rudy Giuliani telling people that they're a joke. This doesn't help Kemp, you have to understand. So he has to protect Georgia from what is seen down there by many as an attack on the integrity of Georgia. And don't forget the Cobb County, when he said that the that the race in Cobb County was fixed, it was controlled by Republicans. So uh, Kemp is, is trying to play both ways against the middle. He's trying. He still cuddles up to Trump. He says, Trump has a problem with me. I don't have a tr problem with Trump. After all, Kemp is ultra right wing. He just signed a law basically outlawing abortion in uh, in Georgia because of the new uh, Supreme Court ruling. He's ultra, ultra right, very close with the evangelicals. So on the, on one hand, he's trying to sell himself as Kemp, as Trump's buddy. On the other hand, he's trying to take some of those independents who like the fact that he appeared to be standing up to Trump. So he wants it both ways. And if the truth comes out, it's going to fall one way or the other. If he really did push back against Trump, I think he would have already just done that 20 minute, you know, start, you know, quiet uh, appearance before the grand jury. No one would have known about it because if he doesn't make it public, Fannie Willis was not going to make it public. He could have literally come in right. and out. So why this crazy He's resistance? Afraid. He's afraid of what will come out because, you know, it's amazing what happens, how your stories change when you're under oath as opposed to under a TV camera. You say anything on a TV camera under oath. Mm, it's uh, it's what's called, you know, a perjury trap. If he starts prevaricating, um, they'll be reading him his rights. So I think he wants he, he knows that nothing he will say is going to get him any votes and could be a real, real problem if any of it comes out. Wow, this is huge. I am interested. Um, you called it from the beginning. You've been saying that mm -hmm. uh, that this is the prosecution that could make all the trouble and obviously a lot of people are frightened and it uh, you've got a prosecutor who's not messing around who's got a special grand jury but other things are happening i mean you know weiselberg uh yes. was convicted on 15 felonies they gave him 5 months but he's he's got to say something or he'll end up he'll die in rikers island and believe me i can testify having taught there 5 years that ain't no place to die I, I can't imagine him surviving a couple of weeks anyway um, so how does do you you still think that that this prosecution is going to lead? Yes. Uh, well, Trump's Georgia problems? Central, you know, I, I keep I keep going back to Georgia. Here I am in Los Angeles. I keep every year for nine years. I end up in Georgia because always the center of this of of the schemes to bend elections. Brian Kemp is, is uh, no hero. Somehow he got played as a hero just because he got in a fight with Donald Trump. We're so crazy about Trump that we make heroes of anyone who gets in a fight with him. But remember, he's fighting him from the right. 
So be very careful about that. In addition, if Stacey Abrams gets elected governor, this will be the first black woman in American history ever elected governor in Georgia, deep red, redneck Georgia. In addition, you have Reverend Raphael Warnock running for reelection. He was elected in the special election uh, two years ago, a year and a half ago, but for to finish out a short term. And, you know, if and that's a very close race, I know that that the liberal coastal press says, oh, he can't lose to Herschel Walker because, you know, all these ads that Herschel Walker, uh, you know, put a gun to his ex-wife's head, all that type of stuff. <laughs> well, there's a lot of gun owners in Georgia who've done the same thing. Yeah. I'm not sure that's going to har- harm <laughs> him. It's not harming yeah. him in the polls. I mean, the fact that he was a, a wife beater doesn't overcome the fact that he was a football hero. And this is Georgia. Okay, he's, you know, he's not a cricket star. He's a football hero. That's a very big thing. And uh, whereas Reverend Warnock is merely a minister, a man of God, not a man of football. So it's going to be a tight race. And if Kemp is in trouble, if he gets indicted or he runs into other problems with the courts here, the basically those races are up for grabs. So that they're central in terms of the races. But again, Fannie Willis also has the advantage that the grand jury can make a this she can tell a grand jury make a decision on whether Trump or any of these other characters Giuliani etc should be indicted and all she needs uh, ultimately is to get uh, a final approval from a judge and she does not have to ask the justice department there's no politicians you just saw all the hell that broke loose because uh, Merrick Garland personally approved the raid on on Trump's Mar-a-Lago mm-hmm. property so in the Justice Department, you can't bring a racketeering case without the personal approval of the attorney general, which makes it political. And they even have policy papers that no indictment should have – indictment should be timed to avoid any influence on election. No such restrictions in Georgia. If Fannie Willis has the evidence, she's got the indictments. And she's clearly circling in on Agent Orange. Right, and she's not going to be distracted. You're listening to the Election Crimes Bulletin on Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Greg Palast is our our co-host for this weekly presentation. He is the uh, fighter for your vote. He's working on a new film, uh, Vigilante Georgia's Voter Suppression Hitman. Is that right? Hitman, Vigilante? yes. Yes, the Vigilante, is, uh, which refers to Brian Kemp and his new law, which allows vigilante voter challenges. Anyone can challenge anyone else. And so far, 88 Republicans have challenged over a quarter million voters. By the way, not one Democrat has challenged one voter. Well, speaking of, uh, let, let me come back to that uh, grand jury, because the other thing about it, you know, we were talking about the fact uh, that the DA is an expert in dealing with in RICO statutes and stuff like that. Yes. And it does seem like uh, she's going RICO because it requires the amount of people that she's interested in that she's planning to subpoena, doesn't that give us an indication that she's going big? Oh, absolutely. I think that she's going where the evidence is. You you know, you can't be submitting fake electors and not expect and not expect the cops to show up at your door. You can't say the crime is too big to investigate. And and she's doing the right thing by by doing a very systematic, careful grand jury review witness by witness, including, by the way, we haven't mentioned, you know, the lesser known character, but very important on the right wing, Cleta Mitchell, who is, you know, uh, an attorney who specializes in figuring out vote suppression schemes. 
And she got herself that she was actually on the call with Donald Trump to the state. And I want to know if she's on the call with uh, Brian Kemp, because Brian Kemp's vote suppression tactics look like they were written by Cleta Mitchell and her organization, the Bradley Foundation and True the Vote, these ultra right wing, basically anti-voter organizations. So I don't think we can get away from the issue of vote suppression and the attempt to overturn the election in Georgia. And I would like to see, I was hoping at some point that Fannie Willis will open up the investigation even wider into the vote suppression tactics in general. Okay. There's a lot more to come uh, from Greg Palast. Again, uh, the film is Vigilante. Check out Greg Palast, gregpalast.com, and you can see uh, the work in progress. Greg, as always, we appreciate it. I just, before I say goodbye, I'm just going to make this point. We don't have time to talk about it. But it's just, this is a typical thing that the junk food corporate press does. They've been hitting this story about Donald Trump can't find the lawyer sort of thing. What a dummy. How everybody hates him. He'll never find a lawyer. Well, apparently he's looking for good lawyers because he's got now, he's going to be represented by Atlanta lawyer Drew Finling, who has yeah, quite the reputation. Uh, I believe he was the head of the of the uh, National Defense Lawyers Association. Mm-hmm. This guy, this dude, is nobody to mess around with. So, but they say how many hours the corporate media spent on he can't find an attorney. You have enough money, Greg? Wouldn't you say you're going to find an attorney? Yeah. They want the soap right. opera instead of the substance. I haven't heard except exactly. for our reports. That's why we do these reports. I'm waiting for the substance in the mainstream press and they seem to be, you know, they they it's a lot easier to report on the soap opera. Does he have an attorney? Do people like him? What about Kemp and Trump are they still dating? I that's all nonsense. This is a very serious case that has not been properly explained and boy is it dangerous for the entire right-wing network. Oh, yeah. Voter suppression on out. Uh, Greg Palace, gregpalace.com. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio.